What's up, everybody? This is the betrayed, the addicted, and the expert. My name is Brandon, and I am the expert. And I'm Ashlyn, and I was the betrayed. And I'm Kobe, the recovering addict. What you're gonna get is three unique perspectives on recovery and tools for hope and healing. All right, guys, welcome back. Um, today's topic I'm way excited about. But it's be- gonna be a good one. But before we get into it, let's start with a fan shout out um, and then a recovery success story. Okay, let's do one of each. So I'll start with the fan shout out. Came into us this week. It said, My husband and I have been dealing with addiction and walking the pathway to consistent recovery for years. This podcast helps me to review the points that help me to stay in recovery as the betrayed, but also provides new information to help recurrent issues we haven't been able to get past. Thank you so much for helping others with sexual addiction by being vulnerable and honest. So It's good work. Keep uh, it up. What I like about that is I've, I have several family members and friends who don't have betrayal or sex addiction in their marriage, um, and they love the podcast um, because they just say, this is great for marriage. We talk about really good, hard stuff that everybody needs to work through marriage, so... Hopefully it's con- continually helpful. Right. That's right. Some of us are just more compelled, right? Because we have to be. <laughs> <laughs> you better get healthy or else we you're not going to survive. We are thrust into yeah. the fire. Yeah, that's that's uh, for sure. So um, a little, uh, a little, I guess, success story that I wanted to share comes from a guy who's in one of my groups. And uh, he has, in, in, in group, we talk about situational triggers. And these are just situations in life that are sometimes long in season, sometimes they're short in season. Sometimes it's, I'm going to go on holiday with my parents, and that, that really is hard for me. So a, for, so the vacation becomes like a, a situational trigger. Well, this guy um, is going to be moving um, to another state to continue his education. He's going with his family. And there are unknowns that exist in about this situation with um, his schooling, uh, work, their living situations, uh, a new city, new state, and what he's doing with the situational trigger is, is he's checking in with his with his partner each night, and they're talking about what the effect is day to day about the situational trigger, and so they're identifying a heightened, a more heightened level of anxiety that surrounds the unknowns. And the cool thing is, is they're able to define that and really reality check that, and so that way. It's not going to be this runaway train or they're, they're keeping those molehills in exactly molehills rather than letting Spike make mountains out of them. So really great success story and a really cool skill. And, um, guys, this is just another piece of evidence. And we're going to continue to share these success stories because it's important you guys remember that recovery is possible. And there's so many skills that go to recovery that even though you might be struggling with one aspect of it, it might be even sobriety, struggling to, to be sober, um, you can still... Um, can, you can still be on your journey of healing and have lag effects and other metrics of recovery. But in this situation, um, that's a great skill to identify awesome. your situational triggers and, and uh, talk about them and the effect of them. Love it. Using the feeling well, of course. So, yeah. Good stuff. All right. Let's, uh, let's roll. Let's okay. jump in. I'm excited about this week. So, so we're talking about a very, very important part of recovery that gets totally discounted and looked past all the time, and yet it's so critical and so important. So today, you guys, to the audience, I want to let you know that I am not the expert. Um, Ashton and Kobe are the experts here. 
um, because we're talking about your physical well-being, your physical fitness, um, why your physical body being in shape and feeling good is important for recovery. So to start, do you guys just want to share your story of how that really played yeah, into recovery? I, I think describing – go ahead and describe like where we were. Okay, so – I'm thinking like year six into our marriage, we, it was this first affair. Um, I miscarried. It was just a kind of a rough year, I would say. And so we got some motivation for once in our marriage. We're going to run a race. So we signed up for a 5k. Um, I had, I drew a chart on our chalkboard. So before this, your working nothing. out and stuff wasn't, it was just nothing. Nothing. Oh, okay. we just functioned as like, humans. Like most people. Like right? most people, right? Like eating a lot of sugar and hanging out. We right? played Guitar Hero. Okay, there, yeah, there's <laughs> exercise for you. It's not, but that was literally what we did. So, um, But we were the cliche who who would join the gym and yeah. rock it oh, for like two weeks. because you're really awesome. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All in and, and uh, then go from I nothing. And I realize like I don't know how to use a machine or I feel stupid or people are watching me. So I'd leave and mm-hmm. I wouldn't come back. So. Yeah. We got signed up for this 5K. I put a calendar on the board and, you know, we were checking our days off. We had playlists and we were encouraging each other. That lasted the longest it had ever lasted. One month. Wow. Good job, One guys. month. We trained together and it was super fun. We didn't have kids. Um, and then that race came Wait, in. Wait, are you saying it was super fun because we didn't have kids? Is yeah. that what you just said? <laughs> yes, that's what she's I'm saying. <laughs> oh, boy. No. I'm just kidding. We love our kids. Yeah. So... <laughs> So after the race came, we stopped. And I don't know that we started again for years. Like, Oh, we, we didn't. We, we did the whole join a gym, quit, or you know, right. it's terrible. You have to go in and sign papers to quit. So it's, yeah. it's not a fun thing. Um, so we lived without physical fitness in our life for most of our marriage, 14, well, 13 years of our marriage. Then I, because of the trauma with our daughters, I started to incorporate physical fitness as a coping tool. Like I needed some way to release some of the energy that I had that was really, I was full of anger. Uh I was very hurt, um, just lots of pent up emotion, right? And so I would go to the gym on my own and I would do these workouts. I went to classes and I literally, I would tell Kobe, I'd put my blinders on and I would just go. Yeah. And that lasted me a year and a half, and it was great. It was. I love what you're saying, though, Ashton. In that you went, you went, and I'm sure there was part of you that was like, "Hey, I want to get physically fit, right? Yeah, I want to feel good, I want to look good." But you also went knowing that exercising is a is an emotional release and a way to process those things, so that you can cope with life, right? For sure, and it is. Yeah. And and I, I knew that going in, right? But after. A while, you know, a year and a half of working out consistently and seeing no change in your body, mm-hmm. and I didn't feel like super strong. I was kind of frustrated, like, wait. And then I had to remember why the heck did I start? Right. I didn't start to lose weight. I didn't start to be a fitness competitor. I started to feel better. Right. And I was. I felt better. I was having workouts where I was crying. Right. During the workout, which I think is some of the best workouts because yeah. it's like so many different feelings happening at once. Absolutely. So, now, I, I think what's also important to, to, to note on this is just listening to you guys have this exchange, but also observing what you did. I want to be really clear. Um, when Ashlyn was going to the gym, I laid in bed at home and kept it warm. <laughs> like <laughs> I did not get up and I did not. I knew why she was doing it. She told me. I'm doing it because I need to be able to cope with this. But I was like, cool, go do it. I'm going to lay here. So I observed this. But what's cool is 
if you think about this, your motivation was not shame driven. Mm-hmm. Which, if you reflect, if you reflect back on all of the other attempts to start, it was always like we were shooting on ourselves <laughs> with the gym because we're like, oh, we should, I should get in shape, or I should go. It, it, this was shame was not a part of this. It was like I need to have an outlet. Shame's motivation is not long lasting, no. right? And yeah. I didn't do it for you. I wasn't waiting for you. The fact that you stayed in bed didn't keep me from going. I still went, and I told Brandon the, right before this podcast. I signed up um, on January first, and I said I am not going to be a cliche. Like I am not going to be those people that quit signing up January first right. in full force, and then right. February they're like. Never mind. <laughs> right, right, right. And so that's really what kept me going. Right. I didn't want to be a cliche, and I knew that it was helping me. Right. So now, uh, let's see, about a year and a half into it, that's when Kobe decided, like, I'm going to start into recovery. We're going to do this together. And he started incorporating fitness, and we brought it home. We stopped with, like, the whole gym thing just mm-hmm. didn't work for us in recovery. It works for some people. It didn't work for us. Right. And so we work out from home. And I love, and people say this a lot with Kobe, Kobe, yes, he would love to look a certain way, right? But that's not why you work out. And so speak to that because well, there's a... It, it's. Not, I mean, I, I think that's a fair point. It's not why I work out, but... And, and just to be really clear on this, I, so I grew up playing competitive soccer in the Pacific Northwest. I played junior college football, but I was a kicker. <laughs> and uh, That kind of counts as right, playing that, junior that, college football. That kind of, kind of counts, right? <laughs> it's like, I'm just kidding, kickers. <laughs> You're all awesome. <laughs> but what, what's funny about this is that um, after I like finished my last season, my last year of, of football, I stopped. And I signed up for three different marathons. Never ran one. <laughs> and, uh, and, and so I'm like quintessential cliche, right? Right. But, um, but what's also interesting is I was doing I – was, I, was, I, was, I had it in my head like I need to exercise in this way that was more punitive than anything like – I'm overweight. I should be running because that's just what you should be doing. I didn't enjoy it at all. I would have rather gone into lift weights, but I didn't do that. So I'm, I'm totally the cliche. But when it came to recovery, I for sure, I for sure was my effort to start working out each day was totally and wholly shame driven because Ashlyn's like, look, I've been working out. This is a good idea. And, and, and Brandon in, in uh, foundations said, this is a good idea. So, um, I expected, and this is when, this is part of actually when you, when we started the in-home separation, you said, I expect that you're going to work out, and if you're not, it's going to be noted, um, but I'm not, I'm not ever going to, no, but I, but you said, I'm going to work out every morning at like 6, 15, 6, 30. join me or not. Yeah, but the, the real message in there is, is like, if you're not going to join me, then we know exactly where this is going. So I started from a place of shame, but what happened was, is I very quickly understood all of the things are out of my control, and they were... Most of them, mm-hmm. most right. of the things in life were out of my control. Um, all of a sudden, had some kind of outlet, and I felt better. It wasn't like all of a sudden I was like this shaking can of pop and someone popped the top, but it was like I felt accomplished that that day I actually worked out, and then that began to snowball, and it was really consistent, right? I mean, it went, meaning like it was it was sustainable because it was only like thirty minutes. So, in as much as I hate I hated it, I also loved it. It, but it was doable because it was sustainable. Right. And so the benefit for me was enormous. And I didn't see a lot of changes in me physically, although there uh, some changes came. And I still ate emotionally. Right. But um, the, the, <laughs> there's no way to quantify 
the good that came. Well, I, I will, but you know what I mean? It's just like the effect was, was incredible, and it still is to this day. And even though I'm probably, what, 50 pounds heavier than I was when we started, um, I have way more muscle, and I still work out every day. And even yesterday, I looked in the mirror as I was working out, and I was like, man, I'm just proud of how I look. I love the look of my, of my traps, going into my delts, going into my arms. And, and uh, do I have a, a, a big waist? I totally do. But the truth is, is like, I'm okay with that right now. Because I've got muscles in places I've never had them before, and they're bigger than I've ever had them before, and um, so would I just you feel be okay good. with it if you didn't have those muscles? I'm more okay with it with them. <laughs> is that a, is that an answer? <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I, I I was okay with it because I did it for a long time without them, right? Yeah. So um, working out for me, it was it, it's it started out to be this thing for this reason, but it's totally changed. So so I. I know you'd like to talk about your muscles all day long, <laughs> um, <laughs> but what I, I want to point something out you said that's that's really cool and really important is um, there's there's unforeseen benefits from exercise in recovery um, that 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 a lot of people don't recognize, and you just pointed one of them out, which is uh, you felt a sense of accomplishment and you felt a sense of control in your life. Um, all, you know, with addiction and with um, emotions and with work and all these things, there's chaos. Your marriage, you can't control Ashlyn. What you knew is you could wake up in the morning and you could you could do your push-ups, and it felt good, and you felt like you did something, right? Totally. And and that's awesome. So that's one thing, right? Another thing exercise does, it's building mastery. And when you build mastery, Marsha Linehan in, in DBT. She says, one thing to reduce vulnerability to emotional mind. That was a lot of words, wait, I know. Wait, <laughs> One thing to reduce your vul- vulnerability to emotional mind. In other words, one thing to, to just be a little more chill in your life is build mastery every day. Do something where you feel good. You feel like you did something. And exercise is that. It, you know, after, after you get your workout done for the day, it's like, hey, like, all right. Like, I feel good, right? Um, now there's the other benefits. You guys could speak to this. Things like, um, how much more energy do you have when you exercise regularly? Right? Isn't that right? I, and, well, and it's cool because we help people, right? That are like, I'm in college and I'm working full time and I have kids, and they're saying, hey, when I actually do the 30 minute workout, I have the energy to study. Whereas when I don't, it's like, ugh, this how you nagging. do your recovery work if you're lethargic and right. fatigued out and just just ugh, right? And, and to put that point in fact we are not we are taking control of our fitness by not over exercising yeah you don't want to add cortisol to your life right right. so we've done it in a very very minimalistic way for years so when you're consistent at something in little bits it adds up right right And, and maybe you do workouts i know if you go run 10 miles that's pretty hard on the body adds cortisol makes you more tired but maybe you do things that that just give you some life Right. Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't know. I'm not that type of doctor, but I don't know all of the chemicals that exercise releases. But there's a cocktail of good stuff that you get, like a drug when you exercise. Um, there's there's good chemicals, hormones, things being released when you exercise, and I, I can say that because I know it because I felt it when I've exercised. Yeah. So. I would also add to this too. Uh, sorry, I um, I I totally appreciate what you're saying. And the idea that even though I'm heavier than I've ever been and my stomach is bigger than it's ever been, 
I can still look in the mirror with pride for what for the other areas of success that I've seen in as much as I have an area that needs a lot of improvement. And 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 I think that that speaks to what you just talked about, like the endorphin release, the serotonin that's released upon working out and getting a really good sweat helps me to see truth in my life where otherwise it would have been concealed with just shame. Yep, totally. And the funny thing is I think of like before and after pictures, right? And some people hate seeing them because it's like you're objectifying why people work out. But really to see people are proud. When they are making change, they want to share it. They feel good. Yes. And so um, the fact that Kobe is owning and seeing the good in where he's at rather than beating himself up and saying it's still not enough. After all these years, it's still not enough. Right. He's doing it for the reasons that, you know, they're for him. Right. It's not for what anyone else is looking for, right? It's him. And um, somebody asked me the other day, when you guys are working out, because we do work out together, um, rarely do we work out separately. And um, so our kids get to see that. And I think it's a huge benefit. They're not at the daycare at the gym like they were. They get to watch. They can participate if they want, or they can just dance. But Right. Or um, they oftentimes just, have, like, just lay fight. on the floor. <laughs> or fight, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes we have disciplinary councils. No. <laughs> um, no, but somebody said, when you guys are working out, um, you're kind of in that zone. Are you having conversations that are vulnerable are you having arguments are you doing those things and the answer is yes right oftentimes that is a time because we're both doing like we're moving and we're focused on this other thing but it allows us to have those conversations often we stop and we stop what we're doing and we look at each other right right right, if it's something that we need right right but it has given us that opportunity the the mental clarity is is exactly for me what you've described and i i i don't remember I can't think of how many times I've stopped in the middle of a workout, like sweating my brains out and stopped and just totally gone to tears or cried while doing a mixed martial arts program and just punching the, the, the air. Right. Right. But, but with just tears and like really loud sobs coming out, that kind of release for me has been so important, but, but it also facilitated a lot of mental clarity, a lot of mental focus um, a lot of um, stress relief and emotional release. So there's a lot of dots for me that are connected, not not every time, but in, in seasons when there's emo- more emotional turmoil, I'm able to connect dots because of the clarity that comes from working out. So it's, uh, it's interesting as you guys talk about this. Um, if somebody comes into my office as a therapist and they say I'm depressed or I have anxiety or... I have betrayal trauma, and I don't know what to do with it. Um, one of the first things we start with is, <clears throat> you know what, start to journal. Um, start to play music, um, cry, talk to somebody about it. So these things, they have something in common with exercise. All of those things, you release something. You take something that's inside and you get it out. And like when you journal, you're writing it out on paper. When you're crying, you're getting tears out. When you're playing music, you're 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 getting energy out. You're moving energy. Um, exercise is built for that. You when you go to the gym or when you exercise at home, you're 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 exerting it. You're not suppressing energy. You're not holding it all inside. You're releasing and you're getting it flowing. And it's good for you. It's so good for you. And that's exactly what you're talking about. So 
it, it is a recovery behavior as much for your, your mental health as, as it is for your physical health, right? Talk about, Ashlyn, talk about connecting to your body. I think this is actually, you have a really unique and, and really cool perspective on this because, um, guys, I don't know if you, any of you know, but Ashlyn at 11 years old was diagnosed with scoliosis and had two bars fused to her spine and then had a, another uh, fusion surgery done 18 months ago. One year. When, oh, it was, oh, it was a year. Was it oh, a fast. year in August? It was, July, wasn't it? 31st. So, um, so there was a lot of years that you had like in, like overwhelming amounts of pain that from a very young age of 11, you had to disconnect from. So will you speak to what that, what that process has been like to connect to your body and what that's facilitated because of working out? Right. So, um, yes, I have a lot of limitations because of that. I only bend at the waist and I'm limited in what I can lift. And I really like lifting weights. Um, I like cardio and I can't jump. Um, so it's limited me. And so the last, I would say three years is the pain's been excruciating every day. Um, I guess four years because it's been a year since surgery. So I was doing all these things. I still continue to work out, just modified. And when I finally had the surgery a year ago, um, and, and through recovery, I remember meeting with my therapist, Amy and, and connecting those dots of, I can feel my body again, right? Because I was in so much pain, um, but I've, I continued to work out and still continue to move. So my healing for the surgery was walking um, and then very light yoga. And then I moved into some Pilates. Like I've very slowly moved into what my body can do. And um, one of the things for me is I had to kind of relearn my body, which I'm sure many of you, if you haven't been into fitness and you're um, around our age or older, you have to relearn your body. Your body yeah. is different. Mm-hmm. doesn't react the same when we get, grow older. I did, I did like tons of curls last week and I couldn't move my arm for like <laughs> eight days. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's, you have to start to accept like, this is my body now. Right? right. And I've had to do that over the last year of this is my body and I'm proud of how strong my body is, right. but I don't have a brand new back. Right. Um, I have a, a titanium filled back. Um, I'm half cyborg, but you know. <laughs> but I am committed that I will be working out. I will be sharing my story. Tell them 80 because why the heck not? Right. It helps me and I modify for life. Like, I think that's awesome, Ashley. No matter what, yeah. I'm there and I'm modifying. <laughs> so it's a, it's a dialectic between acceptance and change. Is, mm-hmm. is, you know, you don't, don't start working out because you got to change. Start working out because you accept yourself where you're at and you want some change at the same time. And those things can coexist. Absolutely. One of my favorite ways to show people's transformation as they um, work with me is their faces. Like all of a sudden they're standing taller. They're Uh confident. They're They're smiling. Their eyes. Right. Their eyes. My own eyes. If you look at me before I started working out in recovery and now, it's like my eyes all of a sudden went up. It's the weirdest Mm -hmm. thing. But I my... I look different in the way that I present myself, not necessarily more, in my physical there's body. There's more light in there. Right. right? Yeah. Yeah. And so um, I think there's so much more to it. It can, it, the benefits are pretty ridiculous. Heck yeah. If you want a, a six pack, go for it. But if that's your end goal, you're going to find out it's not that cool because <laughs> I got one and then I was like, okay, it didn't really do anything for me. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So I. A couple more things I want to add to exercise, but then I want to move on. And by the way, Ashlyn, I don't think she wants me to do this, but she has a, a business called Mama Bear Fitness. 
and, and the reason why I want to share this is because our audience needs good resources, right? Um, and Ashton does a lot of really cool work there. So check it out if you want to. Um, there's a podcast I listen to that I love. It's called The Model Health Show. Mm, hey, do you guys, Sean yeah. Stevenson, I yeah, think his last name. right? No, he's not a doctor. Oh, I thought he was. He might be. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever he is, he's, he's totally rad, and he totally gets health for the right reasons. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, he gets nutrition inside and out. He understands sleep really well. I just need to follow what I, I hear from him, right? <laughs> Don't um, we all? <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, there's you hop on the Internet. I mean, what a, what a big, booming business industry there is. And you can find all kinds of crap out there about, good, you know, it's good. This is a good diet or whatever. Right. Um, but there's also a lot of good stuff, too. Right. And, and I this is what I tell people. No matter what you're doing, whether you do your own thing or you do something with us, you should be going into it. You should. I mean, the shit on you. For the, the right reasons and for a lifestyle. Absolutely. If you're going into it for a quick fix of any kind, to, it's not going to To last. overcome your shame. Right. Yeah. Then it's just not the right Absolutely. method, I guess. And, and what that, to overcome your shame, I think what that looks like for the guy is, is like, I've got to look a certain way for my partner. I, I did that for a long time. Really? And, and like, I've got to look a certain way for Ashlyn to want to stay with me because of the traitor. Um, or we hear a lot of women saying, I've got to look, and we touched on this maybe last week, is I've got to look a certain way so that I have a certain value so my husband will want me rather than porn. Right. And that's not the case at all, but I want you to know that's normal to have that thought process. It's just what we're representing is, is there's another train of thought that um, that you can move into. So for, for the betrayed, I'm going to give a, a, a statement that's kind of an absolute here. Uh, a woman cannot work out enough to get her husband's sex addiction to stop, right? Wait, say, say that again. I, I think that's I important. That. Yeah. <laughs> I, I tried it. A woman no, can't, can't have a, a good enough six-pack, nice enough legs, you know, just look perfect enough to get her husband's sex addiction to stop. It doesn't work that way, right? right. Because it's not about her. It's not about her. It's not about her at all. And And so, yeah. She can't – if you're going to the gym, if you, if you contact Ashlyn for help, um, if you're doing it because you want to look good enough so that your man is attracted to you, then it's not going to work. Right. It's so. that whole – I mean, you guys have all heard it before. If you don't work the inside with your outside, nothing changes. Totally. And exactly. And that's kind of our method is we, we use the feeling wheel in our fitness groups because it's a huge part of what we're doing. Whether you choose to work out and have feelings around that or you choose to work out, there's going to be feelings. Right, right. I love that. So, okay, there's a couple more things I want to just mention. Oh, before, before I do, one more point I wanted to make. Advanced recovery is about, I call it, you know, somebody has a, they, they have a warrior heart. They 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 see this as a as a higher calling. They're fighting a battle, right? And um and, and they get involved on a bigger level in recovery. And so I talk a lot about being a warrior, being a warrior in recovery and and it's interesting, I've been thinking about this a lot. I was driving home the other day and I was thinking I, I think I was talking to my group about being a warrior and you know, I'm sitting there with a spare tire around my my stomach and I'm thinking, okay, like uh, to be a warrior, let's be a warrior in every sense of the word. Let's let's work our bodies out and physically get in shape so that we can have the energy to fight this battle on that level, right? It's not just emotionally and spiritually. 
and I think taking care of your body is why, why is your physical any less important than than the other parts of you, right? And uh, I, I really believe in that, and I think everybody in recovery doesn't have to have a six pack. That's not what I'm saying, but everybody in recovery does need to love themselves and have self compassion, and 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 when you take care of your body, you show that, right? So, okay, on to just a couple more things. I think we could talk about exercise for many more episodes. We could also talk about nutrition. And I don't want to get into like the little nitty gritty of, you know, that's that's not who we are and what we really do. But I think it's important to at least mention that what we eat drastically affects us on an emotional level. Um, it, it, it's important that we get our nu- nutrition in check. What and how much. Yeah, what and how much we eat, yeah. right? And when we eat too, for that matter. So I, I don't want to shoot on anybody and I'm not the expert on nutrition, but it's important that if you're just indulging in a food addiction and, and using sugar to numb your life out all the time, to recognize that that's not real recovery, right? You're still avoiding, you're still numbing, and you're not feeling... Um, your way, you're not feeling what is in life, right? So any, I don't know if you have any thoughts on that, you guys. Well, um, I'm thinking I had a call this morning with a group. Oh, Kobe. He's having some emotion. Um, and one of the guys said um, he has a dual addiction. He's recovering from a dual addiction, which is food mm-hmm. and sex addiction. And they do often go hand in hand. And for the betrayed, it's one way for us to just... It makes me feel better. I used to leave therapy on this high, right? I felt good. I'd done something hard, but I also wanted homemade cookies. Well, and and with with the betrayed, I, I know I'm generalizing to women because it happens more so with that. It can go either way. It can let me eat a ton of cookies or let me eat nothing, right? So that I let can me... feel good enough and feel okay. Yeah. And um, it can either way is not healthy, right? right? Um, it's not balanced, and it can cause all kinds of destruction, right? So what are you feeling, Kobe? What are you thinking about? Right now I'm thinking about having a 52-ounce Diet Pepsi. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's diet. There's no <laughs> calories. So. Oh. And um, and this is really important, I think, for everybody to understand. This is not news to anybody. I, I talk about, you know, soda's only good 52 ounces at a time. <laughs> and... Uh, um, but what's what's really important um, about this journey of recovery is um, is realizing where I was because when I was acting out an addiction, I would buy for me I would buy cases of Diet Pepsi and Diet Dr Pepper from Costco and put them in the, put them in the pantry, and then I would always make sure there was like th- at least four in the fridge, and I would have those, and and that was aside from the fountain drinks I would have during the workday, right? Okay, and um, what that became for me was a way to numb it was an escape from what was and what what's happening now real time like it on as you're listening to this is i'm realizing that i'm uncomfortable and i'm wanting to um escape in soda mm-hmm. and that's just me and I'm also thinking about my mom because as a third grader, my mom would take me to the Circle K in Spokane, Washington, and, and she would give me 43 cents, and I'd run in to get a, a, a Diet Coke for her. 
and um, so I was like, I always tease that I was weaned on Diet Coke <laughs> as a kid because my mom drank it all of her life, and she died at 56 um, eight years ago. And so um, numbing with soda was modeled to me. Right. Using soda to deal with life and to escape was modeled to me. Um, and it takes a lot of um, mental energy for me to recognize it and to accept it, but also, moreover, to say, I know what this is, and I know this isn't actually what I want. And as much as there's a there's a real physical and mental pull to escape there, and recovery has taught me to be mindful of what this really is, right. and what is happening underneath the surface. What does diet Pepsi really represent? Exactly, it really represents escape and numbing for me. Yeah. And um, and the gift of recovery that I've had is in this thing in this moment is to real time be aware but also it emphasizes the importance of having exercise as a means to deal with those emotions Mm -hmm. and i know i know i know my level of mindfulness retrospectively and then the journey to being real-time mindful has only come as a result of recovery and a cornerstone of recovery for me has been exercise and being more mindful of me. And um, <clears throat> it's really funny that I'm having an Oprah moment over Diet Pepsi. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. But I think it's, I think this is, um, this topic can be so overestimated. No, yes. no, no. Underestimated. Yeah. Excuse yeah. me. Dyslexic moment. Um, really just kind of trivialized. But for me, for lasting real recovery, and I don't care if Ashlyn ever works out with me again or not, I own my mornings to work out. Right. Which, and that's me. Which is a big deal right now because we started a program that is four days a week. So we have all these other days that we could just do nothing. Right. And I asked Kobe, like, are we going to take those days off? And he's like, Heck no, right. of course not. You can if you want, but yeah. no. And so that to me is like huge indicator of Kobe's. He doesn't care, if, like you said, if I'm joining him or not. It's That's for awesome. him. Um, I'm also going to bring up a small point. Um, Kobe and I, because this is my other job, right, to help people, it's also been a trigger for both of us in our home of past things. Like Kobe used to take a cookie sheet uh, after work uh, down to the basement filled with cookies, candy, chocolate. soda, chocolate. A cookie a sheet. A cookie, cookie sheet. Yes. Oh, yeah. By, a plate's not big enough. No, no. no we no, need no. a cookie sheet. He no, needed yeah. like a buffet, right, <laughs> of things. And so for me, it was extremely triggering, right? Like I could physically see him. The numb out. Going to numb yeah. and watch a movie and be by himself. And it was like, oh, my gosh. Okay. So when Kobe, in the beginning, when in recovery, when we're starting to try to eat healthier, right, and do little things like that, when he didn't, it was a huge trigger to me. Like, yeah. You're numbing again, uh-huh. like you're doing it, and then he feels that trigger of you're judging me, right. and right. So it's been a work in progress for us. I well, think. and you're not going to be perfect, right? So, I've I've worked a lot with drug addicts, and I've heard from drug addicts. They say, you know, like getting over my drug addiction was was easy compared to getting over my sex addiction, 
And uh, I would almost take that to the next level, which is getting over your drug addiction and getting over your sex addiction might be easy compared to getting over your food addiction, <laughs> right? Yeah, well, most of, most of us struggle with some type of food addiction. It's epidemic. Right. It's everywhere. And, 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 and we're, we're, we are socialized to, um, to eat in order to feel good. Every holiday... You know, it's just it's every emotion, every billboard, every restaurant we drive by. I mean, it's just like eat. If you just eat, then you feel good, right? And uh, and so it's tough. It's tough. But I think just because it's tough, it doesn't mean it's not possible to uh, actually get in recovery from everything and to, to live a healthy, balanced life um, where, where you don't abuse your body, right? right. One of the things Kobe was telling, he was like, how... When people ask, how have you done it for so long, right? You've eaten a certain way and you do these things. How have you done it? And he's like, you've become really disciplined. Like, I got really good at it. Right. Right? Uh-huh. And it's that whole, I've mastered. I'm not perfect at yeah. it. Yeah. But for me, I feel really confident. I've got good at this. You're good at it and you're really good at it and you're consistent. Right. And you do it day in and day out. And then every once in a while, you have a sweet roll. Right. Right? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I show up, though. Yeah. Like, day after day, no matter if I have that sweet roll or not. Yeah. And that's the difference from me now and old me. Right. You, you eat that sweet roll and it's over. And right. there's no perfection or failure in that, which I think is the real brilliance of what this is really about. There, like recovery does not demand perfection. That's not what, perfection is not what recovery is. I want to I dispel that. Um, and that also includes taking care of ourselves. It doesn't demand perfection. It demands mindfulness. And an, uh, an indulging moment is so okay. In fact, the Europeans are phenomenal at this because they give themselves permission to have a really great meal and really great desserts and especially chocolate. And um, but they're okay with like a, like what? How does Mary Poppins say it? Enough is as good as a feast, right? <laughs> right. right. And, wow. and and that's how the European. Uh, yeah, that's not how we live. But but the truth is, is like that's that's a thing, right? Like enough is as good as a feast, right? I. Uh, a quick story. Last Thanksgiving, I was doing a cleanse, and I was uh, just eating really healthy. And Ashton and Kobe, we we um, we recorded the podcast the day before Thanksgiving. So I was going, I was going into like the lion's den because <laughs> I was g- hanging out with my food addicted family <laughs> for Thanksgiving. You know, and I was doing a cleanse. It's crazy, and um, and and Ashton and Kobe just start rattling off all this stuff. Uh, like little tricks of the trade, things we can do, and uh, things I could do in order to kind of overcome my my crazy addiction during Thanksgiving. And what what uh, what I I hope and what they're going to do is on Patreon just share some of those little specific tools, um, things that really work to to stay consistent, both with exercise and with some eating as well. So absolutely, we're happy to do that. Yeah, yeah, that's that's going to be a really cool thing. On, uh, I mean, to share, I mean, talking like very, very prescribed, uh, you know, activities and, and moreover things to be mindful of without having any restrictions, without having any deprivation with, with little tricks of the trade yes, yeah. that foster sustainability. Yeah. I have to say last night, a gal that I met said, Hey, what's your favorite business that you do? Is it the Ashland and Kobe mentoring or is it the fitness and health mentoring at Mama Bear? And I said, they're equal for me. They really are because I love helping people inside and out. Right. It's, it's both. It's both. So I don't know yeah. that I'll ever stop either. Right. That's awesome. 
That's cool. Okay, before we wrap up, I know we're we're getting long on time here, but I got to mention one more thing. So we've talked about exercising. We've talked about eating right um, to start feeling good physically. Um, all of that is great, but if you're sleeping like two hours a night, Amen. like phew, you're still gonna feel horrible. Right, and you shouldn't be. You shouldn't work out if you're sleeping no. two hours. No, <laughs> your body needs to recover. Go to bed, right? Yes. Um, Super great point. So get some sleep. Set a bedtime. Um, wake up in the morning. Um, rejuvenated, refreshed. It's okay to take a nap. Don't shoot on yourself and say, I'm lazy if I take a nap. That was so me. Take a Mom's out there, take a nap. Let your kids watch one show or whatever and take a nap. It's okay. Get the sleep that you need because if you don't have sleep, I I believe that's kind of the, the, the foundation, the basis of it all so that you can eat healthy, so that you can exercise, so that you can be emotionally available for, for life. I agree. Um, Our friend asked us on Sunday, I want to sign up with you guys, but this is where I'm at. And he's not sleeping. He's got insomnia. So I said, you know what? The best thing for you right now is to not sign up with us. Good for you, Ashley. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to push anyone into something they're not ready for. I said, you need to start sleeping. And so you might need to add some supplements, right? So Kobe takes like a vitamin. He takes magnesium every night to help him stay asleep. Um, Melatonin Mm -hmm. can help you fall asleep. And these Mm -hmm. are natural, non-habit forming things that you can supplement with if you need it. Um, but if once he gets that in control, then we'll baby step into the next thing, right? Right. But there's, I mean, if you're not getting the sleep, you don't have the energy to do the other. Absolutely. Things. Yeah. We'll touch on some of that too on uh, Patreon because there's some uh, so little tricks of the trade there. Exactly. Tricks of the trade and best yeah. practices to be able to deploy in order to get that. Because and I know for sure for me, fatigue was always. Yeah. Was always because I used to travel internationally and be in different time zones in Asia, but also in Europe, and I was a train wreck and disaster when I wasn't sleeping. And so, um, sleep not only just to feel good physically, um, it, it is every bit about as, as, as heavy mental focus as well. So, uh, we'll touch on sleep and how key that is because I've had challenges with that, but we've we've uh, been able to make some progress. So, guys, thanks for being here. All right, and, you guys, get um, healthy. Click on details below to check out the show notes you can find links to our patreon site where this week we're going to talk about some best practices to deploy on this on this topic so guys appreciate you being here and if you heard anything you like please share this um because you never know who who needs to hear this message and because again this message spans far beyond recovery uh this is just like just connecting some very simple thoughts about taking care of ourselves, addiction or betrayal or not so um guys